What's up, everybody? You already know the bunt is brought to you by Vans, the world's number one skateboarding shoe. So this week, before we kick things off, we just want to take a minute to talk about the Vans Old School Pro. Damn, we talking the Old School Pro this week? <laughs> the Old School Pro is Vans' classic old school silhouette with upgraded cushioning and durability for maximum performance in them streets. Y'all know Donald's pure trash without a pair of those on. Man, these shoes keep me looking twice as fresh as the Ghost. Identified by their distinctive Pro Classics label package, Vans Old School Pro is built to last longer with reinforced abrasion areas and provides the extra support and cushioning demanded by the consistently harshening situation out there on the streets. Man, head over to your local skate shop and check out the latest colorways, you feel me? dog business is booming over here at the bunt nfl wildcard popped off this week yo my dog i think we might have to make a switch and uh and start with the rundown this week <laughs> yeah i'm sure everyone that tuned in can't wait to hear us talk about football <laughs> come on dog y'all know what it is i'm d jones he's the ghost and as always ants one behind the scenes it's a cool thing my dog what we got popping this week other than some nfl news Man, you already know what it is. We got the one and only Ryan Lay in the building. We got the post office popping off. You know, we got some voice notes sent in, some emails. It's going to be a blast. Stay tuned. And you know that we taking you to the rundown. Stay. Oh, and I think Donald's got a little NHL snooze minute. You feel me? Coming back every week, we in this bitch talking about NHL from now on. Before we get into the interview, y'all need to make sure you like us on Facebook at The Bunt. Follow us on Instagram at the Bun Live, and definitely keep sending him them emails to the Bun Live at gmail.com. And definitely go check the video of us coming up heavy uh, on our Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying your boys are flossing these days. And uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. It's the easiest way to listen to us. Podcast app, iTunes. You know what time it is. This week on the Bun, we got pro skater Ryan Lay. Hailing from Arizona, legend in the game. Came up back in the Dizzy, you know what I'm saying? Film about files as a youngin'. But the man's put out more parts than I can count on my two fingers. <laughs> that didn't make sense, still. He's put out parts for days is what I meant to say. If you're, if you're not familiar with Ryan Lay, you're blowing it. Look him up on YouTube, you smell me? Ryan Lay, pro for Welcome Skateboards, Etney Shoes, active in his own community with the after-school program for the kids, skate after school. It's a model citizen. Y'all should uh, strive to be a little bit more like Ryan. Let's get into the interview. All right, y'all. We got Ryan Lay in the building. What's going on, my dude? I'm just hanging. How you guys? We good, we good. Straight chilling, you feel me? <laughs> Chilly because it's freezing out here. I'm going to say, stuck in the middle of winter right now, so we ain't got much going on. So we start off every show the same. Give us your favorite skateboard and favorite sports moment. All right. I was trying to think about this because I just listened to the Jed Anderson episode. Um, 
I think favorite sports moment, I got two. One was uh, Ron Hextall scoring the goal. Ooh. I haven't watched sports in a long time, but growing up, I was a huge uh, Flyers fan. I used to have like a Legion of Doom poster on my, uh, on my wall. And uh, for whatever reason, I was just like, you know, no one plays ice hockey out here, but there's like <laughs> one or two rinks and it's like the most expensive sport you can play as a kid. For sure. But I, I, I had my parents uh, sign me up for it. And so I was really into to, uh, the Flyers like right around that time. So that was a that was a highlight moment for me. And then, who was that? Like Leclerc, Desjardins, Mark Recchi, Lindros, right? Yeah. All those guys were on there. That team was sick. Yeah, yeah. So aside from that, maybe uh, I remember having like one of those sports, uh, unbelievable sports moments. And they had the Cal Stanford game. The band is on the field. Oh, and the band. The, the, it's like the Stanford band is playing on the field as they're finishing the game. Yeah, they thought it was over and they ran out there, right? Yeah, and then yeah. now it's just like the band is on the field. The <laughs> band is on the field, and, then, and the and the running back like takes out like one of the trombone players like on his way to score a touchdown. God oh. damn, yo. that's a good one. Um, and then skate moments. Obviously, one that comes to mind is like the Stevie Williams line with the fakey hard flip, and then he grabs his nuts from Ooh. the chocolate commercial in four on one. Classic. That's kind of like pretty classic, though. Yeah. Another one that comes to mind is the dude in the in the credits of the Zero video who tries to board slide the two like eight stair rails that are connected by a chain. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just yeah. love God. that moment. And I always like you guys got to reach out to that dude and like get an interview with him. Like what the fuck was he thinking? Cause like, as, as you go further along on the chain, like you're not going to be able to get back up onto the handrail. Like it's just going to dip yeah. further and further. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe that we will get a hold of that guy. If you're out there listening, my man, hit us up. <laughs> oh, savage dying to live credits, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So growing up in AZ Arizona, how was the scene and uh, how'd you first get hooked up and into skating? I got I started skating probably about 20 years ago. Damn, it's crazy. And I think like quickly like I met like Marty Murawski and those guys and they were like kind of like the dudes who lived in Tempe who were doing it and filming and shit and they kind of took me under their wing when I was probably like 14 or 15. And I got hooked up with Nike like right when Nike started when it was like right at the beginning. It was like Richard Mulder and Pat Rakestraw. They had like a really sick, like diverse team. And I was getting stuff from them. And then I ended up getting like crooked shit through Dandra Hobel, who I like met when, when he was out here, just kind of like they were tour guiding him around or something. Marty was or one of the older guys. Uh, so I ended up getting stuff from Deluxe. And yeah, I did that until like about college or something, I think. So that's pr- pretty much the, the course. Yeah, around then, I guess, is when FilmBot Files came out. That really put you on the map. Uh, what was it like filming for that? And uh, are you and Daryl Angel still boys these days? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm friends with Daryl. I don't really skate with him very much. I think like making that video, Marty knew Stanfield, and uh, it was just kind of like a random crew. And that was like when, when at a time when I, I want to say that there weren't very many independent videos, and that one seemed like it was like a pretty big deal. But I remember filming for it, like not even really knowing that it was going to be as as big as it was and maybe it wasn't really even that big but uh yeah so i just uh started going on trips with those guys and became good friends with daryl and shit yeah, that video was pretty big i remember we uh it was on a steady repeat in the local shop up here for a while yeah i feel like everyone saw that video it was when it was like if easier to get a video to go like viral or something before yeah. it like 
the internet was that big. Mm-hmm. DVDs so, popping off everywhere. Well, and Stanfield ran Unicron, which was like the, the go-to site to buy all the skate videos. And so I remember like, he probably just had good distribution through that. But I remember before that, like there wasn't really a place you could go to buy videos online. Yeah, come to think of it, not really. Kazaa. Kazaa. That's where I'd buy all L- mine. LimeWire. <laughs> yeah. So after FilmBot, we really didn't see anything from you for a little while. What was going on then? I just said, I think I got sponsored like too young. And I remember like having mentors like Robert Lim, who I skated with. He was like an older guy and he was just like, I remember I almost like was getting stuff from New Deal or something like really young, like sixth what? or seventh grade. Like Damn. when Kenny Reed and like Brandon Beeble and dudes were out here. And I remember him telling me that like, you don't want to get sponsored. Like it's just going to burn you out. And, you know, obviously as like a little kid, you're just like, ah, fuck off. Like, let me do what I want to do. And all you want is free shit and exposure. But uh, it definitely did like burn me out a lot. And I think like around 11th or 12th grade, I just like got really absorbed in school. And I just kind of like, stop skating seriously and uh i ended up like going to school for a couple of years in san francisco and like at that time i like didn't even really have any sponsors anymore i was just kind of like going to school and like just fully immersed in what like the program i was doing and just ended up like skating with like friends that i met out there like in a really like a, a good way you know like just kind of like refound like or like rekindled my my love for skating in that way because I, I just was like burnt out like just being sponsored and filming video parts and stuff i don't know for whatever reason i was just kind of like disillusioned i guess just need to like kick back and and restart almost yeah and i just felt like school was important and like more important than skating at that point so i was just yeah for whatever reason i just kind of got burnt out and then in san francisco like i started skating with field and i met like i don't know if you know evan canori uh he's a good friend of mine he makes like high-end clothes now he's like good friends with all the magenta guys it just kind of like formed a little crew out there zach chamberlain also he like made that sprinkles video and i just started skating with those guys oh ben gore also and so then field was kind of doing rasa libre like on a really small level at like out of his house and we just kind of started skating again and from there i was like oh like i just want to film video parts again and just skate and just like called my mom and was like "Ah, i kind of want to just bail on school right now for a little bit and just try and skate so you know it was hard for them to hear but i think it worked out all right yeah you're only young enough to go hard for so many years sometimes school can wait yeah exactly and then i kind of realized that like you can do both and that you don't really need to like forego one to pursue the other you know yeah sorry for that bad message kids you can do both no problem (laughs) We were just watching a bunch of your parts, just watched your welcome to enjoy thing from a little while ago. Uh, that seemed like a perfect fit for you. What happened there? So Matt Eversall was kind of getting forced out and he was kind of like the, the driving force behind the brand. Uh, he's the brand manager and also like one of the guys behind Tilt Mode. And uh, he just felt like whatever, he just couldn't like integrate into like the corporate culture that they have it at Dwindle and for whatever reason, he just like hit us up and we had a FaceTime interview actually just like this and or a FaceTime meeting and he was just like, Hey guys, like I'm I'm gonna either like get fired or quit in like the next couple months and you guys need to figure out like, you know, what you guys wanna do and I think Jerry and Cairo and Louie and like maybe Jose was in on that call and I was living in New York at the time 
And I remember Jerry saying that, like, well, if Matt's leaving, like, I'm going to quit. And I was just kind of like, well, shit, it sounds like the company's done, you know? Like, if Matt's leaving and Jerry's leaving, they're like, enjoy, you know? Like, as far as I was concerned. And it sounded like everyone was kind of, like, ready to move on. At least that's what I thought. And I just kind of was like, well, I guess I'll just, like, you know, try and figure something out. Because I was riding for Huff at that time and just skating. Uh, So... I got back from Europe and like Louis called me and I think there was always like some tension because Louis like really wants dudes to live in San Jose like and that's good like I think that that's like a good quality for companies to have to like you know that way you can like build camaraderie and it's easier to build an aesthetic with a brand you know if if everyone lives locally so there was always like some tension there not just with me but with other dudes who didn't want to live in San Jose and uh yeah he was just like for whatever reason like he ended up becoming the new brand manager, and I think that he had, I don't know if he had issues with Matt or what ended up happening there, but uh, yeah, he just called me and was like, hey, like, you know, he's like, you're a great skater, uh, really like you a lot, but I don't think it's going to work out, and I was like, wow, that was out of left field, like, t- totally out of left field for me, like, I was just like, holy shit, and I guess, like, in in hindsight, it makes sense that he was, like, already kind of planning to be the brand manager, and because, like, Jerry and I were just like, well... Sounds like the company's kind of dead. I mean, you don't really want dudes on your company that are already kind of planning on leaving or are looking for some for other options. So I didn't know that he was going to become the brand manager and Cairo become the team manager. But it's unfortunate because like I'm really tight with Cairo. I'm still good friends with him, and he was he was bummed uh, about that whole thing. But I think it worked out for the best. Like you know, definitely kind of like threw me for a a head spin for a, a minute. But <laughs> I, you know, I've been through that a lot. Yeah, how long were you on in the end? Probably just like a year or two, like not even that long. Like I was like flow for them for a little bit and then like they like put me and Zach on and then we went on some trips to like film for that video that was that ended up being Oververt and yeah, it was probably like only like a year or two or something. Wild, yo. Looks like you guys have a pretty good thing going on over at Welcome now. Tell us a little bit about the company and uh, what's up with only making odd shaped boards, man. How do you guys do that? So yeah, like I was to finish the trajectory, like I was like living back here and kind of like decided I wanted to go back to school and I was skating with Chris Millick a lot and just kind of seemed like a good opportunity. I talked to Jason, who's the owner about riding for him and he was like, I'm never going to make popsicles. And I was like, that's fine. I'm down, like whatever. It seemed like pretty low low responsibility, like low accountability, uh, which was exactly what I was looking for. And then like right after I got on, it just seemed like everything just like, it just started growing like crazy. In the same way that like a lot of companies, it seems like in the last like four years, who they started like in a garage or just fucking like, yeah, you know, they're like part of the establishment now. So you're saying you took them to the top, eh? I see you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Wait, wait, what is it? What'd you say? <laughs> I said, you're like, they, they they blew up like right after I got on. I was like, so you're saying you took them to the top? Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> you're like misunderstood. Yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah, worked better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I don't even know why that. I mean, obviously there was just like a huge trend there for like shape boards um, that they just like 
capitalized on. I would say that that trend seems to be dying largely, but now there's kind of like a middle ground where like every company kind of makes shape boards and they're just like slightly shaped. And a, a lot of our boards are just slightly shaped boards too. Uh, and that seems to be like normal. Like if you look at a lot of companies, they just have like a board that's kind of shaped like a rocket or like, you know, has like a slightly pointier nose. But uh, yeah, so it's been interesting like the last few years, like just companies definitely grown like crazy. We've also been through like all sorts of crazy transitions in that time too. So it's been interesting. I definitely did not expect it. I was kind of thinking like, oh, this will be cool. Like small company I can ride for and like go to school and do my thing. And then it ended up being like welcome turned into like a big company. And as a result, I'm like projected back into like, oh, I can get a shoe sponsor now because I have a real board. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. <clears throat> Speaking of shoes over the years, you've had stints on a whole bunch of different shoe companies seems like it's the hardest thing to navigate in the skate industry is like finding a solid shoe sponsor any uh, wild stories over the years from jumping around from one to the next no other than like the time that i rode for ipath was like i have lots of crazy stories and some of them like i'm not even comfortable talking about on the <laughs> podcast just like my first trip with ipath was like going to thailand with like fred gall oh and god you oh. can just only imagine like that was like my first time out of the country and i'm like holy shit this is what pros are like oh my <laughs> god um he's amazing though but uh yeah that was like really rad because i was super reluctant to ride for ipath just because it was like i loved old ipath and i just kind of felt like the new version as all like as most like reiterations of companies are are, are usually like a little watered down yeah but then my friend price was like shooting photos and he's like dude just you can like we could pay you a little bit and you can come on trips and you get to travel with me and so i was like all right well i'll just do it and then it ended up like turning into something pretty sick you know and that was a huge bummer because that was like totally out of our hands like we ended up making a video and we you know like price was shooting good photos and i felt like we were like moving in the right direction and then some dudes who like licensed New Balance sandals like bought the company and were like, "All right, we're just gonna like cut everyone uh. except for like Jaws and and uh, they offered to not cut me actually, and I was just like, uh, I just can't even do it. Like everyone is already gone. Like they cut Fred, they cut everyone else, and I was just like, there's not really anything to hang on to. But yeah, I mean that was like that was like really exciting because that was also the time that like I remember like when Rayborn came out on the scene, like no one really liked him or respected him and then he just like grew into the sickest fucking skater. Yeah. And I remember like watching that firsthand, like, wow, holy shit, like people are really gonna like Rayborn and everyone seemed like they hated him when he was on ten thirty one, but like now he's just like you know, he's like a legend. Yeah. He definitely didn't get uh very much respect at first that's for sure he earned it yeah definitely um so that was pretty rad and then i don't know after that like i rode for huff for a little bit and that didn't work out i don't really know why i mean i, I went on a trip with them and just for whatever reason i think they just had other plans so that was whatever and then i rode for s for a little bit after that when they like revamped that whole thing kelly hart like hit me up and i was doing that for a little bit and then that was cool but then Kelly, like, decided that he wanted to, like, make the brand more of, like, a sporty. He, he said, like, quote, sporty. And so, I, obviously, I didn't fit. Walker Ryan was also on there. He didn't fit. So, um, we kind of just got, like, 
not like forced out, but you know, it happens. Like I get it. And I don't think that it's a bad call on Kelly's part because it's like he wanted the brand to have a certain aesthetic and you kind of got to trim, trim all the, the outliers off. So, um, from there, Oliver Barton who was running Etnies, and he was just like, and it's in Soltech, so they're just like, hey, you can come ride for Etnies, and I was like, all right, sick. So just ended up doing that. Oh, that's amazing. So you just hopped from one to the next, but under the same kind of family tree? Yeah, and, and it's great, because like, Etnies has like budget to travel and stuff, and we didn't really have that with us, so it ended up like probably working out better. Like I, I'm pretty stoked. Like We get to go on like cool international trips and you know just do our own thing. So it's cool. Yeah, but yeah, it's like all under the same uh, same roof. You're a part of a program called Skate After School. How did that come about and uh, what's the deal with that? So probably around the time that my life was falling apart, my career was falling apart. I was like going to community college and like delivering Chinese food. And uh, one of my good friends, Bobby Green and uh, another friend, Tim Ward, uh, they were, they like kind of loosely started this program where they just were taking old boards and just donating them to a community center and in just kind of a bad neighborhood. And from there, like we started like going and hanging out with the kids and it quickly just evolved into like, I think a PE coach in the area contacted us and was like hey would you guys be interested in doing like some sort of like after school programming and so we started going to that school and then all of a sudden it was like we were at two two places a week and there were like 40 kids at each program and we kind of looked at each other and we're like holy shit this is like evolving from a community project into a like a full-fledged nonprofit." And, and at that time, I was like, since I was going to school, I didn't really know exactly what I was going to school for, but I thought it would complement, like, you know, the programs I was in. And uh, just kind of didn't need, I needed that, like, kick in the ass to, like, focus on something new that was not skate related, even though it was skate related, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of like a bigger picture outside of the skate industry. And so I went to this business school that's called Seedspot. They're like one of those, it's like a venture incubator, they call themselves, but they like, you know, provide infrastructure and support for nonprofits and for-profit businesses with a social impact uh, or like with a social aspect to them. And so uh, I went through that program and we got like full business training. It was really sick. Like it was probably like six months, I think. Uh, They have like entrepreneurs come and they, you know, they have lawyers come, accountants, CPAs, uh, just kind of help you like grow your business, you know? And, um, we participated in that program and it, like the culmination of that was kind of like a Shark Tank style pitch, like on a stage with, uh, I want to say there were like 1,500 people, like in, like one of the biggest theaters in, in downtown Phoenix. So um, I got to pitch, like it's like a three minute pitch, like here's what, you know what I mean? Like you tell the whole narrative of your company and provide statistics and talk about like the how there's like this opportunity for growth in the market and uh from there we won we won fifteen thousand dollars that night and uh yeah and at the same time like we were doing a crowdfunding campaign and we raised like another thirteen thousand dollars through that and so in just like six months we kind of went from like doing this loose program where we were kind of like giving boards to kids to being like holy shit like this is like a real nonprofit, like it 
turned into a business, you know, like where we're going to have employees and shit. And so now we're, uh, we're at eight schools now and we work with like 250 kids a week. We got like 30 volunteers and, uh, I help run it with Tim. Like we're both paid employees. Tim does it full time. I'm just doing it part time. And then, uh, we have like a full board of directors with like a lawyer, a school social worker, school principal, just like people in the, the, the greater Phoenix community. So it's been a it's been a really crazy experience. I mean, we have an office now too. So Holy. it's uh, yeah, we just moved into that like a, f- a couple months ago. But the whole thing has been like pretty surreal, and it's just I mean, it's rad. Like I was just talking to Tim earlier today about like how the accomplishments that that you make like in your skateboard career, like making a video part or whatever. It's like yeah, it's cool and all, but it's all just kind of like it's a little like self absorbed or self obsessed, but. Like when we're like growing the the company, it's like holy shit! Now we're working with like an extra like hundred kids a week, you know. Um, so it's like it feels it feels special in a way that like I can't I don't really feel like I get that out of skateboarding, you know. Absolutely, man. To make uh, a difference in your own community is uh, it's a pretty crazy thing. So have any of the kids gotten pretty good skating after school? Oh yeah, I mean, we have like a few kids. This kid Isaac, I have like a, there's a couple videos of him probably on my Instagram or something. Um, he's like really good at skating now, like so sick, like just the sickest style. And it's rad because a lot of the kids just come from like really tough backgrounds. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go into particulars, but just as tough as you could imagine. And so when they take to skateboarding it's just like basketball right like it's a really affordable sport and as long as you can give them something that resembles a skateboard it's like they'll just skate you know six hours a day like isaac when he was in like sixth grade would take he would take the city bus to the light rail which is like our version of like an above ground train um to school and then skate to school and it would take him an hour to get to school every day. Oh, wow. And he like, so he's like, he's like tough as nails. And, uh, yeah. Like once he started getting into skating, it was just like, yeah, he just goes out and skates street all day long until like 10, 11, 12 at night, you know? Cause it's like, he doesn't really have that kind of accountability that, that you would have like, like my parents growing up in the suburbs. Like if I was not home by nine, you know, I was in trouble, but it's sick because now they have like their own little community and I'll see them like skating ASU and they're just like stealing soda with water cups at the local gas station. And like, you know, they'll like find phones or they have phones where they can like film themselves, but they're just like out skating with like three bucks in their pocket or no money. And they just figure it out. You know, it's been cool because I feel like it's really rare that kids get into skateboarding and like immerse themselves in the sport without like getting absorbed in like the industry side of it. Like that's what's so weird to me now is that like kids get into skating and they're like decked out in like a $300 outfit and they like suck at skating. <laughs> and I'm, you know, like I just saw this happen the other day at, at Tempe park where I was like, these kids showed up and they had like Supreme dunks on and like Supreme or FA shirt and like just the craziest, most expensive outfit. They like couldn't even skate, spent the whole time like trying to film like the Instagram line, like in the trendy way, like literally right when they showed up, just took to like filming it and then like looked at it on their phone when they were done, like analyzed the clip and then they just left the park. And I was like, that is the weirdest thing because like, you know, when we grew up skating, it was like you have a year or two before you're like, while you're skating, before you're getting into the culture of it. Yeah. Yeah.
Ryan, you're definitely one of the uh, buffest skaters in skateboarding. How many hours a week do you say you clock in the iron jungle? I actually am not a buff skater, but I do <laughs> at the gym pretty regularly. Um, I have a gym membership. I go and swim mostly. I'll do like sauna, then swim. So you're more of a leisure leisure type gym user. You ain't uh, the Brandon Beeble type. <laughs> no, but I actually have gone through periods in my life where I got like kind of buff and I was doing CrossFit. What? Yeah, I don't know. I like really like that that kind of like aggressive atmosphere where they're like yelling at you. It's like <laughs> you're like, let me pay you a hundred bucks for you to torture me. Um, <laughs> I think that like skate like if you if you've skated all your whole life, you've got like kind of like a masochistic side to you, and as a result of that, I think it's really easy for people to transition into like, yeah, I'm gonna do like triathlons or like run up mountains or like do crossfit or something you know because you i feel like most skateboarders feel at peace when they're like a little sore going to bed you know or really sore (laughs) for sure and when you have those periods like i'm sure it's like that in the winter for you guys it's like that for the summer here where you're just like not skating you just feel like i don't know it's just like anxiety inducing depression session yeah do you guys do like a indoor gym or indoor skate park or some shit well uh a couple of years ago, Seifa used to hit the gym, and he was he was uh, pretty into weights. Why don't you uh, tell him about that, Seifa? Yeah, uh, I think it was first year university. I had ankle surgery, and I couldn't couldn't skate for like a year. So your boy got addicted to the gym, but uh, not just the gym. You were pumping iron, man. Be real. Well, yeah, yeah, I was pumping iron. I was. <laughs> I was Donald called me Vin Diesel on a skateboard because uh, after <laughs> he like, was buff. Yeah, like when you're real top heavy. He was huge, <laughs> yeah. man. I'm telling you, he did no leg day. I had that beach body. Yo. It was crazy. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You know the scene when Triple X busts out that like serving platter and he like starts <laughs> sliding down the rail. That's what I saw, man. That dumb bat. But <laughs> the funny part about that is I couldn't skate for a year, so yeah, I had to do something else. I played basketball because I couldn't like. For some reason, I could run, but I couldn't like move my ankle enough to skate. Played basketball and worked out for like a year straight. Then, as soon as I could start skating again, it's like the first or second session with the boys. Dono called me Vin Diesel on a skateboard, and I quit the gym cold turkey. Wow! Like, you know, I I just and I I was skating. There's this spot downtown Toronto called Sun Life, and there's like everything's like a reflection, and I just saw myself, and I just looked so dumb buff i like I, I just look like a jock on a skateboard and i was like i'm done i gotta uh, slim down yo i haven't really uh hit the the iron since then that's kind of funny how that works right like it's like the ideal for most guys is like kind of weird looking if you're a skateboarder yeah it's crazy like I, brandon beeble pulls it off but like other than that like no one's really on it's because he's tip. like short i feel he's like a little a little shorter you're like too tall to have well, the it also the is because we're just used to it like he's just beeble yeah exactly i was gonna say if if like if you if you like found beeble skating in a vacuum you'd be like who the hell is this dude? <laughs> yeah. since it's like since like you you've like watched him evolve you're just like man dude i like i want to watch the beeble tv show like 24 yeah. hours a day like his his instagram stories are just so fucking funny to me like i just like i I could just eat it up all day. Like the the new uh, what's that barracks shit called? The push um, stuff. His is the best, man. He's oh like so hype. God, dude, it's unreal. Like when he's looking at the like at the filmer and he's like, "Not gonna work out today." I'm like, dude, <laughs> he looks like a loose cannon. Like yeah. he, he's kind of like scary a little bit. 
even after he landed that trick and then he's going to like he's thanking everyone he's like so hype and serious he's like dude, thank you TJ thank it you it looks TJ, like they dude. just pulled him out of a car wreck or something <laughs> he's like doing the like double handshake and it's just yeah. like thank you so Pacing much man back like, and forth look, thousand yard stare like right through everybody and you're like dude like it was just a skate trick let's, let's <laughs> tone it down a little bit yeah I am like so excited for those those new episodes to um to come out yeah, I always look forward to Beebles for sure. I haven't watched any of them yet. What? But yeah, that gym life, it'll get you, man. Like, I was fully 100% addicted to the gym for a year. Like, right. it's a real addiction. Like, I would go four or five times a week, six times a week sometimes. You can just build that into your schedule. And all right? it took was you calling me Vin Diesel on a skateboard, and I was like, I need my scrawny skater body <laughs> push back. push the right button, eh? <laughs> So we know that you're an Arizona man. But we're just wondering if you ever been up to Canada. And if so, you got a little story for us? It's story time, motherfuckers. I went on an RV trip through Canada. And it was just brutal. Like the craziest <laughs> mosquito infestation ever. Like when we left the trip, like not only was Fred Gall just blackout drunk for the whole trip, but like <laughs> the whole entire roof of the RV was just covered in blood from mosquitoes that had like extracted blood from us and then we kill him <laughs> and it was like it was like a horror movie or something jesus it's really hard to get into the into canada for people who have like duis or like anything on their record yeah. it's like i remember that being an issue yeah they don't make that shit easy i'm surprised fred gall came up in here yeah they like found cocaine on some some skater who was on the trips like credit card or something jeez <laughs> like re residue or something how did Fred Gall fucking get through the border? I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know how he ended up getting through. Blackout drunk? I, I don't know if you remember that video of, like, Fred Gall calling Tony Hawk about, like, Jaws, trying to get Jaws through the border. Uh, it's a good... I actually made that video, and, <laughs> and it went pretty viral, but, like, no one knew that I made it. But uh, I'm, like, filming him with a camera light, and he's, like, on the phone with Tony Hawk, like, on speakerphone, and he's, like, he's, like, Tony... We gotta get Jaws through because Jaws had like <laughs> something on his record, and he's like, "You gotta call the border." And uh, he's just like screaming at him. And Tony Hawk's like, "I don't know what you want me to do. Like, you want me to just like call the the the, the border?" <laughs> Canadian and, like, immigration. Tell him, like, yo, it's Tony Hawk. Like, let my boy Jaws through. Yo, it's Fred Gall, man. Dude, I'm up here in Canada, man. Well, all right, Jaws got denied, man. I think you're probably the only man that could help him get in this country. Okay, I have no idea how to approach that. Like, or I just call the Canadian border, I don't know. Man, T-Hawk, man. It's Fred Gall, man. Remember I skated your ramp? Be happy to help John. If he gets in a situation where he... No, he's in a situation, Tony. You're the only one. <laughs> Alright, listen. This is what we're gonna do. Alright, Tony. I'm gonna call Jaws, and we need him at least in Edmonton by tomorrow. Dude, they denied him at the border, man. He does fucking McTwist, dude. Tony, Tony, can I just tell you one thing? Yeah. I love you, brother. Uh, what's next for Ryan Lee? Well, the welcome video's done. That'll be out in mid-January. 
I had like kind of a big year this year. I mean, I like turned pro and I finished college and then we kind of like grew skate after school into like, you know, like it's definitely like a bigger thing now. And I think for next year, like uh, we're going to work on an Etnies video. Like I'm filming for that. And then I don't know. I'm like, I'm really into like the benchmarks that, that some people set for themselves for New Year's. Like, I really like that shit for whatever reason. Uh, the resolutions? Yeah, New Year's resolutions. Yeah, like, New Year, New Me. Um, so I've actually been kind of thinking about that quite a bit lately. And I feel like as excruciating as school can be or was for me, like, I, I there's like part of me like misses it a little bit. And I've kind of been thinking about going to grad school, maybe. Uh, but I might wait like a year or two before like applying and I don't know, but then that's also tough because you just get really rusty and then you have to like study for all the tests again and, and do that shit. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm also just kind of like focusing on like, all right, you get like, you make some money to skate, like just be a skate rat, you know, as long as you can, yo. Yeah. Like it's, it kind of sucks working on like big videos because I don't know, it just like highlights an aspect of skating and it's just kind of like. It feels like work, you know, and I've really been wanting to just be like, I just want to like be a skate rat and like do shit on a local level with my friends and use the platform that I have to like, you know, whether that's like, I'm also doing stuff with like some of the pyramid country guys. I don't know if you guys know what that is. For sure. Seen the videos. They came through Toronto last summer too. Yeah, that's right. Um, Sick. Yeah. So I'm going to like film with those guys, but just trying to like, you know, skate, stay busy, uh, probably hit the gym. Woo. Yeah. Work on that upper body. Trying to work on that Vin, Vin Diesel bod. Yep. Yeah. Triple X. I see you. Yeah. It once it once you put in like that first month and you like start to notice like your pecs a little bit and you're like, oh shit. Like yeah. you like find yourself checking yourself out in the mirror. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> you start snapping photos. <laughs> That's how it starts. And then suddenly you're at the skate park and your friends are making funny and you're like, snap out of it. Yeah. I know Safa has an old photo album from back then. No. That he's never shared. He's got his photos he's taken in the washroom with his wife beater on, flexing. <laughs> I know, that's the one crazy thing is that I have no, there's no like evidence of that yeah. ever happening, which I'm hyped on. So, really? No, nah, nothing. Yeah. I should have snapped some photos. But uh, speaking of New Year's resolutions, you know, why don't we all put uh, put a New Year's resolution on wax, man? Damn, New Year's resolution. So non-skate eh? related, one that I definitely want to do is to stop using my cell phone when I'm driving. Ooh, that's a good that's one. A big I, one. Yeah, man, everyone's guilty of oh that. Oh my god! Sometimes I'm driving around and I'm looking at my phone, and I don't even know how I got from point A to point B because I was looking at my phone the whole time. Jesus, I don't Christ. even remember driving. That's like, or it's the craziest when you're like, "Holy shit, I'm driving 60 miles an hour in traffic, and I just edited a video and posted it on the internet to like fucking 20,000 people." And saying. you're like, "What is wrong with this world that I can do that?" I didn't pay like, attention to one thing on the road, you know. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Um, that's a that's a good one. I actually ha- I forgot I had one that I already set with my girlfriend, um, and this is like again on some hippie shit. But uh, I think for the month of January, we're gonna try and not purchase anything that's wasteful. So like, we're gonna like try and buy everything in bulk from the grocery store and cook everything in that way, like where we don't buy packaging at all, oh. just for the month of January. Huh. And I just wanted to do that. I, I, I saw like some Instagram where someone was doing that. Uh, they do it pretty regularly. And I was just like, you know, that's like kind of an interesting idea because then like 
you're forced to confront the amount of waste that yeah. you just produce every single day. And I also just was like, you know, there's all sorts of things I buy, like I buy like can of beans. Like I could also just buy beans in bulk and cook them myself and make it. So I think we're going to try that in January and it might be excruciating. So I'll let you guys know how that goes. That'll be tough. Yeah. Keep us. Both. That's only a month, but I think that a month is going to be pretty tough doing that. That's a long time. Yeah. You come up with one yet? Fuck, man. I, um, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you, there's nothing in your life you're trying to change. There's a bunch of shit I'm trying to change, but there's a bunch of shit I'm trying to change. If something pops in my mind, I'll I'll say it. Well, y'all heard it here first. The ghost, he ain't changing nothing. He's <laughs> heading into 2017 the way he finished off 2016. All right, yo, you ready for rapid fire? Oh man, sure. Rapid fire. So for season three, it's now rapid fire with D Jones. Safe it got bounced. <laughs> Y'all know what the fuck it is. <laughs> Save us still searching for a New Year's resolution. <laughs> oh, I know. It's about time. He can come back and finish up rapid fire when we get a resolution. All right, yo, let's give the people what they really want, and that's for Donald to shut his mouth. <laughs> Ryan, let's make this shit pop, B. Favorite skater? Keenan Milton, always and forever, since I was like nine. Favorite video? I'm going to say Misled Youth. Favorite video part? Matt Field, Real to Real. That part for me was like, changed my mind about skateboarding. Favorite style? I really like Tom Knox. New Tom Knox. Who do you think is the most talented skateboarder on earth? Is there an answer that's not Tiago Limos? Uh, maybe Bobby DeKaiser too. He seems like unreal talented also i went on tour with dylan reader and he was like the most impressive skateboarder i've ever seen in person like just unbelievable like in a way that i could not even begin to describe yeah like i watched him do a front heel switch manual on a on a on a ledge that was like higher than a picnic table first try like it was just ridiculous favorite trick nollie flip hardest trick for you hard flip most illegal trick there's like a series of tricks that I feel like kids now like have a button for and it's like not really one trick in particular, but like any of those tricks that ki- like if you go to like a Woodward or something or like one of those skate camps, like every kid can do like the really bad back three down like the big set or like the hard flip where they just like looks like they put, hit a button and then they just <laughs> land it. So that like yeah. any of those types of tricks, I guess, like I, I just hate that shit. Like it looks really predictable i feel you on that the little kid back three and the little kid front big spin with no pot oh my god yeah little kid front big spin yeah and then the little kid hard flip and like yeah maybe like the like fake impossible three shove trick yeah. where it's like i don't know shame o'neill that's what price called it <laughs> oh favorite clip you've ever gotten oh the wall ride at the oakland courthouse that trick took me like four hours and i like pissed blood after it i like ollied up onto the Oakland courthouse ledge and then like wall road down probably that trick that was insane we just watched that yeah like that literally took me I broke two full sets of trucks doing that and like there's an element of like skating like that that I don't like where it just feels like you're really forcing it but I think like in retrospect you kind of like I don't know like you appreciate those battles you know or you remember them forever most definitely gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed I watched Jaws Ollie's really shitty 20s there down the street from my house that's like in this 
edit that Price made for CCS, and it's like not even possible. Like it's <laughs> no joke, like five stairs taller than El Toro, and Jeez. literally doesn't yeah. have landing. Like it rolls right into a tree, and he just like did it because he was doing like one through twenty stairs. Oh my! And it it just seemed impossible. So that was like one of probably the crazier tricks that I've ever seen done. I also watched Albert Nyberg laser flip back tail a hubba what like a the? few months ago and that was like pretty mind-blowing like oh my god how the hell can you even like figure out that you could do that you know doesn't sound like it would look that good but it definitely would be hard <laughs> definitely yeah yeah worst bunt of your career i think i've like kind of toyed with like tr- like i've tried like switch back three flips down stuff and just cannot like Ooh. can almost kind of do it and like probably have tried it down some shit but just I don't think I got the wherewithal to to know how to land back on my board on that trick. What's the one trick that got away? I had a trick on, on like that I tried to get on Clipper for like over the course of a year. Front one eighty to switch back five zero. Oh, jeez! I tried that trick four or five separate times over the course of like a year and a half and oh, didn't yeah. do it. Favorite local brand? Local brand. I mean, there's really only one, and that's Pyramid Country. So it has to be Pyramid Country. Is that local to here, or is that local anywhere? I'm like a big fan of all the shit that Dime does too, but that's not local to here. That's local to where you guys are. Favorite local skater? I'm gonna say Aaron Gore. He writes for Welcome, and he's just like amazing. Really, really sick skater. Him and Will Blady both are on Welcome, and they're two of my favorites. Favorite teammate ever? Kenny Reed is awesome. Like really fascinating human. Worst company. As, as Hillary Clinton would say, my private views are different than my public views. <laughs> I think that, like, everyone can agree that, like, consistently, PAL has been, like, one of the worst companies for <laughs> many, many years. <laughs> and somehow, like, they probably just continue to stay in business through, like, the her- heritage shit that they have. But it's amazing to me how frequently they can, like, get new dudes on and still just, like, you know... Like, they, they're just, like, still this farm league for skateboarding. Like, there are dudes who are probably riding for Powell right now that are going to be, like, A-listers in, like, a few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's unreal, to, like, to be honest. Like, just between, like, Silas and Mata and just so many countless pros. Stepping stone. Like, DeVille is found, and then, for whatever reason, they just, like, you know, they end up, they obviously always end up leaving. and Yeah, for, you know. for whatever reason. Worst trend. Yeah, I want to say, like, the worst trend is fake style. And I know that, like, a lot of people probably think that, but I've had, like, some funny conversations with Price where we're talking about, like, how obviously, like, skateboarding fetishizes, like, kind of, like, taller, like, basically dudes who aren't buff, like how you were making fun of uh, Seifa for being buff. Yeah. And I think now more than ever, I really appreciate dudes who have authentic style but they might just be like kind of buff or like kind of like draw their fists in but like for me like fake style is just like uh, it's just the worst like i just kind of it is hard to watch it makes it really hard to watch and it it, it like i really appreciate dudes who are just like hell yeah that buff dude is just looking getting it like <laughs> that guy's sick or like i don't know unfortunately i feel like skateboarding's getting uh getting a little like homogenized you know yeah like it's just like everything is is leaning towards a certain type of skater and now it's like there's just not really any frank harada's or billy peppers of the world <laughs> anymore you know you almost you're looking for the like individualism again for sure a lot of people just kind of look the same on a board last person you want on the sesh 
I would say the drone. When the drones come on the sesh, I'm over it. <laughs> I think that's going to wrap up our interview with Ryan Lay. My man, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you, guys. Turn up, bro. Good to uh, meet you again. I mean, don't really remember meeting me the first time 10 years ago, dick. But <laughs> I guess your switch trays didn't have an everlasting impression on it, man. Was this, pre- was this pre or post buffness? Oh, this is pre, like two two years pre probably. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I was like you, 18. You would have remembered him if, he, if, if his buffness was there, dog. <laughs> Up. Oh, I remember. I remembered. I got a New Year's resolution. All right, let's hear it. End the interview with safe as New Year's resolution. Non-skating. I need to get in shape, which is vague, so that I can dunk a basketball by the end of 2017, which will require me actually getting in shape. There so, we go. Dunk a basketball 2017. On an official 10-foot rim. Damn. <laughs> and skate-wise... Uh, I'm going to go back to Ottawa and finish this switch trade down this 10 stair. All right. We're all worried about that one. I'd rather see the dunk than the switch trade. I'm going to do both and put them both on Instagram and tag Ryan because you motivated me to think of something. (laughs) All right. All right, y'all, it's time to get into the post office. As you know, brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. This week, we're still talking Star Wars socks, man. But this week, we done with them box sets. We moving on to the limited edition collector sets. This is not a trap. You can now rep the dark side or you can resist with the light side or embrace both with the Force 2, the most exclusive box set in the galaxy. That's some real talk. The Force 2 box set is no joke. It's the ultimate Star Wars collector's box set that includes 12 socks and a mystery 13th pair. Each sock is made with 200 needle count luxury cotton and features deep heel pockets, seamless toe closures, and athletic ribbing at the cutoff to keep your socks in place all day. Stance socks, the only way. You've got mail. All right, Joe, let's get into these emails still. (laughs) First one from Nick Pierre. How do you feel about Wade skating with no shirt on? And just as a little background, Nick Pierre is a legend from East York, and they're notorious for skating shirtless. Uh, I think he's probably hyped. What do you think, Donald? EY Pepperoni must be loving this one. Um, I'm not too concerned with uh, Wade skating without a shirt. Although I am feeling the uh, rolled up pant leg he's been going with every now and then. <laughs> nice touch, bro. Yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, you, you know what? I'm going to go out and say, yo, I back Wade skating with no shirt on. You know what I'm saying? The man takes care of his body these days. You know what I'm saying? Rep, rep that cutness with pride, baby. Because hey, if this was 2008 or nine, woo, some chubbiness was popping. Man's was definitely not taking his shirt off. Props to you, Wade. I'll join. I'll be joining you in the gym. That's 2019. Okay, that's more like it. Next up, we got an email from Ryan Duffy. A recognizable name. We he sent an email in before, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the homie. All right. The people need that new global handshake logo on a T-shirt or something. Make it happen. Woo-hoo. Hey, Doug. Uh, shouts to Ronan McGee. You know what I'm saying? Our graphic designer, official bunt staff, year-round salary kind of thing. We official these days. You feel me? 
Hey, next thing you know, you might be walking through the streets of T-Dot. I don't know if you're from here, Ryan. And you, you might just see that t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? You never know. Me and uh, Mark Applebutters might be cooking a little something up. Stay tuned next week still. Business is booming over here, man. <laughs> you never know what you're going to see next. All right? <laughs> all right. That's it for the fucking uh, carrier pigeons. On to uh, the audio notes. Man, yo, send your emails in, eh? Don't think about it. Be about it. First up, we got a message from uh, the East Coast legend, Nate Oliver. Let's hear it. What's up, guys? My question's for the ghost. It's 2017. I know that you're on a rigorous fitness routine. My question is whether or not this is the year you come back and do that front board in Halifax. Okay, big claims, eh? This year, uh, I don't, I'm not too sure his uh, fitness plan is rigorous enough. <laughs> but uh, what do you think, say? Well, first off, you know what I'm saying, Nate, I know you're in the gym. I know you're on that sober life, so respect to you. I'm, I'm doing a month and a half not drinking, and I did like Killing them. 25 push-ups two weeks ago and 80 sit-ups. So, yo, if that's rigorous these days, I'm, I'm about that <laughs> What did you life. do the day after? I don't fucking remember. <laughs> Anyways, in terms of the front board, hey, yo, that one... Yo, if I ever got interviewed, yo, that might be the one that got away. You feel me? <laughs> That's the biggest bunt of your career. That's unlandable. How are you going to make it through that king? That wasn't a bunt. I like went for it for like an hour in the pitch black. Uh, for the no, people listening, you can't land that. 13 stair kink drill <laughs> with the most massive kink in Halifax. I tried to front board like an idiot. And the crack. Yeah, my Dang. shoes were flying off every try. Uh, apparently, John Alley broke his ankle trying to lip slide it way back. My man Xander Mitchell fucked himself up trying to feeble it. I think he sacked or something. That rail's been known to take mans out. You live to tell the tale, though. I'm, I'm 28 these days. I don't know. I might be past me, but, you know, you catch me in Halifax, get me hyped up. <laughs> no. That was a good day in Halifax, though. I remember we went to uh, the skate park before, see if it got all, all warmed up. <laughs> was on fire at the park, nailing nolly shoves. Oh my god! Half boards. Then uh, everyone went down to the rail. No pressure, but at least he jumped on it. And uh, no one, yeah. Donald's actually chirping me. I remember I pre-mode like a nolly shove trying to warm up. <laughs> it was the most embarrassing session of my life. And then I was like, Yo, I gotta make up for it. These locals think I'm trash. Take me to your biggest rail. <laughs> Realistically, Nate. Probably never gonna happen. Nice question though. Yeah, shouts to my mixed brother, you know what I'm saying? Alright, next up we got a voice memo from the one and only Simon Disher. Let's give it a listen. Still. Hey, what's up, the Bunt? Just had a quick question about the Bunt Fantasy Football League. Just wondering how you guys did this season and what were both of your favorite football, fantasy, or NFL memories from this season? Damn, that's a good question. Lots of ups, lots of downs for me. Uh Donald. Let's get yours. Favorite moment of the season would definitely be uh, take it back to first round of the playoffs. Safer versus Joel. Safer uh, clinched the win and went on a drunken tirade in our uh, group chat. Apologized the next morning after he reread what he said. But uh, I think a rivalry was born. And uh, Safer and Joel will be banging heads forever. Oh, man. I can't wait to smack that <laughs> fool again next year. Yo, my moment, I'm not a fan of this guy, but you know what I'm saying? I had to pull an Aaron Rodgers in this bitch. I started the year off 0-3, and, and then at one point I was 3-6. and six. 
way outside the playoffs. And I was like, yo, Daggies, if I'm going to make this pop, I'm going to have to run the table. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers styles, you feel me? And what do you know? I tapped into my waiver god abilities. You know what I'm saying? The, the Richard Matthews, the Ajayis of the world, the Kirk Cousins off the waiver wire. And your boy went one, two, three, dust Joel, boom, <laughs> dust Phil. And I'm in the playoffs bouncing Wade's ass out on the last week. It was fucking glorious. Then, as we all know, I slapped Joel in the first round. But yeah, calling my 4-0 from going 3-6 and six to ending 7-6. and six, Yo, that's my moment right there, baby. Watch out for me. 2017-18 season. All right. Next up, I think we got one more audio note from an OG Scarborough legend. Six-year-old T-Dot Beeble. Let's hear it. Bunt live. Say. OVO say. D Jones. What up, though? Big Six checking in. Yo, my question to you guys is, I want to know who you would consider the top three legendary T-Dot skaters from our era. I know the mans that are already established, but give me the top three legendary skaters from our era that, you know, now that you guys are touching worldwide, people from outside of Canada may not have heard of. If Warren Ugin ain't on that list, I ain't fucking with it, but let me know. Deuces. Damn, that's a great question, Sixer. Real shit. Obviously, Warren Ungin, unanimous MVP for me and Donald. And anyone who used to skate with him back in the day knows. So we'll pick two others other than Warren each. I'm going to go with this guy. Used to look up to him when I was younger. Straight savage. Still is. One of the smoothest, gnarliest dudes. He's like the Canadian Arto. That's Phil McKnight. Still. Switch front board, Skydome 13, back lip, fucking switch for the front board, Mississauga, nine stair rail or whatever. A really nice guy too. Yeah, can art, <laughs> yo, Phil McKnight, straight legend around here. I'm going to go with the good homie, Aiden Johnson. I know some of you guys might not recognize it today, but back in the day, that man was a true savage. You know, you knew him if you knew his, uh, his film and steez. He's tapping his front pocket, grabbing his hat beak. Asking all the filmers if they're ready, because Aiden Johnson was definitely ready back in the day. Frontside flip, Commerce 10 in the line. Gapped a front board, Unitel in one of the bum rushes. (laughs) Threw his hands in the air like everyone else did. Backside flip, TD double, both of them. Yeah, he was a thousand times better than all of us when we were young. It was like him and Morgan squaring off. Just got that flick, that God-given flick. My third one, I'm going to go with Colin Passi. And y'all might not know the name, but y'all definitely watched his sponsor me back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. His brother was a genius. <laughs> he made Colin viral uh, at a super young age. He put his video part on Kaza and LimeWire and all that shit under uh, Dying to Live, Flip, Really Sorry, and like every poppin' video at the time that was like much anticipated. You downloaded that shit, you were so hyped to watch a new PJ Lad part. <laughs> And next thing you know, Colin Passy is shredding it up on your screen. The original troll job, eh? Yeah, so Colin Passy, fucking amazing skateboarder. He grew up to be a savage on the board. Uh, y'all should look up all these names or drop it on YouTube. You feel me? Uh, for my next one, Buck. Kind of want to drop someone outside the crew, but I got to respect my homies, Cody and Skateboard Jakes. Those two should definitely be on here for show, but got to mix it up a little bit. So I'm going to go with Mike Mains. 
the original technician. The fucked up part is the guy could go skate today, do the same thing, but he's on his model grind right now. If you want to uh, follow some male models on Instagram, at Mike Mains, you know. He uh, steady posting uh, shirtless pics of himself. I gotta <laughs> give him credit. He's, he, the man's ripped. He's definitely in the gym, but could cool it a bit, Mike. Come on. No, no, yeah, that's that's my brother Mains. He's in he's in uh, Australia right now, living it up, making it pop. And I try and get him to come skate with me at least once a year. That full muscle memory, man. That that dude's yeah, definitely a legend from back in the day. Search up Mike Mains. He's, you won't be disappointed. Real shit. I uh, that's a wrap for the post office this week. Yeah, I don't know. We love them questions. Love interacting with uh, you know the people. Keep them emails and keep them voice notes coming. Alright, y'all. It's time for the rundown. You know, I tried to make the move to uh, first up before the interview, but it didn't happen. So we stuck back here in third place, but hey, let's finish strong, dog. The skateboard world source for sports. Let's hit it. All right, Joe. Big week in the NFL wildcard weekend. It was quite the snoozer, actually, so it wasn't that much of a big week. Yo, let's take it to that shitty um, quarterback duel. Houston versus Oakland, 27-14 to 14 for Houston. Moving on. Yeah, no chance without Derek Carr. I, uh, I didn't even watch this game. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Moving on. Pittsburgh slaps Miami 30-12. to 12. Uh, Saw this one coming too. Wish I didn't wake up that early on Sunday. Two touchdowns for Lev Bell. Two touchdowns for Antonio Brown. It was over in the first half. Ajayi, you're trash. I'm never touching you again. Moving on. Detroit Lions, six points. Seattle Seahawks, 26 points. Was good. Matt Stafford, 205 yards, no touchdowns. Zach Zenner, 34 yards running. I mean, you're not going to win any games when you score six points. <laughs> is what it is and for the third and final blowout snoozer green bay 38 new york giants 13 all right get this the boat boys who went down to miami on monday listen to these stats victor cruz 30 yards receiving sterling shepherd 63 obj 28 bunch of drop balls aaron Rodgers is moving on scrub ass sneakies teach you to go y'all party it up with bieber all right now moving on to our picks as if y'all are keeping score at home, I'm up 4-2 to two on Safer, but we all know we would have picked the same four as me. We just tried to mix it up. So we're going to chop it up. We're going to call it 0-0. Zero, zero. Now we're heading in fresh. I'll give you this fresh start, dog. Regent, what, am I going to pick the same four things as you? That's that's real fun for the yeah, listeners. Yeah, uh, that was a bad, uh, bad wild card round. So what we're going to do is we're going to alternate picks. First game, Kansas City versus Pittsburgh. I'll let you take it, dog. Wow, I hate when two of my teams face each other this early where it's like you want both of them to make it to the next round. Kansas City's defense is doing some wild things, but the Steelers' offense, you know, it's the first time they've had the three bad Bs healthy in the playoffs, and um, their defense has been stepping up late in the season. I got to give them the slight edge. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers. You're taking the Steelers, you know. It's a couple weeks outside of fantasy football, so you may have forgot one thing. Big Ben on the road is a no-go, baby. Oh, fuck. I took Kansas City anyways, so uh, my man, we got our first one. Next one up, Atlanta versus Seattle. I get to pick first. Super hyped about this one. I'm going with the ATL at home. Seattle's got that defense, but in Atlanta, second-ranked team offense. Got Julio Jones, big play Tara Gabriel. 
We got the two-headed monster, Freeman and Coleman. Looks like it's 0-2 for you, bro. Yeah, I wanted to pick ATL, but <laughs> after watching the Seahawks play last week, they slapped up the Lions. It wasn't even funny. Uh, the Legion of Boom looking like themselves again. Russell Wilson throwing fucking bullets left, right, and center. Let's go, baby. Seattle. Woo, and here comes another one. A tough game. Dallas versus Green Bay. You get to pick first. Shit, who are we going to take? Regin. <laughs> this is tough. This is a really tough one. And you know what? I'm going to go with the hottest man in football. Aaron Rodgers, baby. Oh, that's a hot take. You know, I actually, I, I chose Green Bay myself in this one, but hey, Dallas is not a bad pick either. So who are you going to pick officially? So I'm going with Dallas. Obviously, I'm going against you. Everyone's waiting for Dallas to make a mistake, but Dak and Zeke have shown that uh, they ain't two ordinary rookies, dog. The easiest way to win is to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and uh, with a running game like they got in Dallas, it could happen. Reggie, they ain't ready for the hottest man in the NFL by far. The last eight weeks, he's 7-1, 22 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Hey, Dallas, y'all better fucking pack your bags because you're staying home. <laughs> uh, all right. The next one. Oh, actually, I forgot. There's only three games going on this week. New England gets another bye week. It's insane how easy it gets for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I'm taking New England, but because I'm a good guy, I'm going to let's say take New England too because uh, no one's picking Houston. Nah, baby. I'm about to shock the world. DeAndre Hopkins was trash all year. My first overall pick. Brock Osweiler is the worst quarterback I've ever laid my eyes on. <laughs> can I... Can I uh, bring one uh, one piece of evidence into uh, the discussion here. Can I bring it back to week three? The last time the Houston Texans visited Foxborough, they lost 27-0 to a quarterback <laughs> named Jacoby Brissett. And that was also the last time I watched the Texans all year. Rock Osweiler is a fucking joke. 72 million yo laugh your way so to are you the picking bank. them or are you hating on them no obviously i'm not picking them i just yeah, wanted just, to cause a stir all right picks are in catch y'all next week for the nfl that is we ain't done <laughs> all right moving over to the association a couple quick notes from this week a uh goran Dragic and jordan clarkson they uh squared up clarkson find 15k who you think would win in a boxing match is that a joke Clarkson, baby, all day. Baby Lakers, yeah, yeah, we'll stomp on you, fucking Goran Dragic. Kobe taught Jordan to always keep his hands up, and that's what he did. I think Goran had a little flop there, and he came back like a real man. Goran saw I take Clarkson, too. All right, next up, Paul Millsap no longer on the trade market. Did the Raptors blow it by not, uh, not selling the farm for the big guy? Well, they're not shopping him, but they're still listening. I'm hoping Masai is on that phone right now because we need Paul Millsap if we're going to have even a sliver of hope against the Cavs. Next up, big trade in the association. Something I absolutely love. We argued about this a little bit, saying you overpaid. I don't believe so. Kyle Korver to the Cavs. My God, this trilogy is going to be insane. It's a big move for the Cavs. Uh, respect to the GM, LeBron James, who's now still demanding a point guard. He's funny how he does that. That's a huge trade, man. The only thing is that defensively, Korver's Cor uh, definitely respectable, but when you have a lineup of Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and Korver 
that's three you know less than super defenders at once so we'll see how they break up the lineups but uh, definitely has me a little more shook for a potential finals rematch i hope fucking bob myers over in golden state is trying to get a tyson chandler type because we need that rim protection baby late last week the golden state warriors blew a 24 point lead to the memphis grizzlies how much would you pay for Marcus Gasol in fantasy basketball? <laughs> Not much because I know he's going to break down before our fantasy playoffs. <laughs> what do you think about the game? Unfortunately, I missed that game, but I did see the highlights and I absolutely loved Draymond Green cursing out Kevin Durant like so clearly to the world. Um, they were down. They were up two with under a minute left. They were going to run a Stephen Durant pick and roll. Uh, aka you know uh, keep that ball moving golden state styles and kevin durant acted like he was still in okc demanded the ball from steph gets it isolates himself at the top of the key three-point line out draymond's in the corner fucking visibly pissed as fuck steph just looks so bummed everyone just watch kd hoist up a three they miss it Draymond didn't even try to rebound the ball. Igudala, the professional that he is, at least tried to get that rebound. But ultimately, it went to overtime because Conley is a fucking G forced OT. Uh, and they got outscored by like over 10 points in overtime. That's a, I, that's a good learning experience for the, for the Warriors. Draymond was screaming at KD nonstop. I'm sure he's telling him, yo, leave that fucking ISO garbage back where it came from in Oklahoma City. You feel me? Kevin Durant, get your head on straight. You playing on the number one assist team in the league these days, eh? All right. Next up, newly appointed king of the internet, Joel Embiid. Talking playoffs, man. How realistic is it? Uh, <laughs> I love me some Joel Embiid. You know what I'm saying? Comes from the same country, Cameroon, as my dad. He's tripping. Uh, he's got more chance getting into the All-Star game, which would earn him a date with Rihanna, than making the playoffs this year. But he's got a bright, bright, bright future if he can stay healthy. And he's not the new internet king. This man, even in his two years off, is at the best Twitter, best everything. He asked Chandler Parsons if he was a virgin when he went on Instagram Live. Just look up Joel Embiid, Twitter. He's fucking hilarious. Uh, what about when Ben Simmons comes back? How big of an impact can they make? Uh, two pillars on a, on a very young team. What do you see these guys doing in the future? It's going to be huge. This year, Joel Embiid's on a minutes restriction, doesn't play on back-to-backs. Probably going to be similar for Ben Simmons. But if they're both healthy coming into next season, be careful. The Sixers are on the rise. And the crazy part is they have enough cap space for two max players this summer on top of all their rookie dudes on very favorable contracts. They're going to move Noel or Okafor. And um, man, the Sixers are going to be the real deal next year, man. Can't wait. Another highly debated topic in the NBA. Who's going to end up MVP? Looks like a two-headed race between Harden and Westbrook. Who you got? Right now, it's not even close to me. Westbrook's doing insane stuff, but I got to give it to my man, James Harden. Their team's got a much better record. They're third in the West. He's way more efficient shooting the ball. They both turn the ball over like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. But the wins and the shooting efficiency is uh, what separates him from Westbrook. He is averaging a triple-double. But the man shooting the low 40% for field goal, uh, he's shooting like complete ass from three below the league average. And um, they're just simply not getting enough wins, man. 
when you're putting up 34 shots and the rest of the four starters put up 38 combined and you lose the game, Reggie, that ain't sustainable. You feel me? And James Harden just beat uh, Westbrook the other day. All right, stop dragging the guy's name through the mud, goddammit. Russell Westbrook is no slouch, and I could easily be the MVP. Easily. He's on a worse team. I feel like he has to do more than Harden does. Yeah, that's fair enough. He has to do more, but he's got to be more efficient, man. He should be averaging, I'd say, two two more assists per game, shooting a bit less, get shooting a bit less threes. Who's he going to pass to to shoot it? Old Depot with the busted wrist? Yeah, Oladipo, man. Like, let the man create a little offense uh, for for his squad. Cameron Payne's back. That's not going to do much. Oh, but you know what, what, what that means. You know what that means when Cameron yeah, Payne the, comes the back. The Dance Brothers are back, man. <laughs> shit just got exciting in OKC. I got hardened. All right, enough of this shit, yo. It's time to hit the ice. It's that time, y'all. Uh, I'm taking a quick nap. We got a nice uh, NHL minute. This week, I'm going to talk to you guys about one team. I know last week rambled on about the new prodigy, Austin Matt. But this week, we're going to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets, man. First place in the NHL. Who saw that coming? Bobrovsky, resurrected career. Vesna candidate again. Two years removed from his last one. 26-6-2 with a sparkling nine point, uh, with a sparkling .931 save percentage and three shutouts to go. Man, these guys are getting production from everyone. Cam Atkinson, point-of-game player, 39 points. Nick Foligno, 35 points. Some guy named Wemberg, 34 points. They're getting points from everyone. John Tortorella has even resurrected Sam Gagne from the dead. I think Sam Gagne was looking like Encino Man at the beginning of the season. No one even knew where he was. The guy was frozen down in someone's basement. Now the guy's got 30 points in 38 games, looking like the bargain of the summer. Watch out, the Columbus Blue Jackets are for real, and John Tortorella is back. The only thing I'm missing a little bit is uh, some more uh, classic Tortorella sound bites, but I don't know how big the hockey market is out there in uh, Columbus, Ohio, so don't hold your breath. Yo, say, you there? Can you name one player on the Columbus Blue Jackets? Who the hell are the Columbus Blue Jackets? God damn, is that it for the NHL Minish? <laughs> Man, I might have to come over there and John Tortorella smack your ass, dog. Yeah, it's a wrap. Hey, Bredgen, don't make me go Scott Stevens on you, eh? <laughs> End you like Lindros. Never catch me with my head down. My dog, that's a wrap for episode four. Thank y'all for listening, and uh, big thanks to Ryan Lay and the good homie Richie. I welcome. Hell yeah. Shouts to Ryan. Catch y'all next week. You diggy? Next up, we got an audio note from the good homie, Chris Lefrev. Oh, my <laughs> God. Chris Lefrev. I, st- I don't want to butcher the guy's name, dog. Dude, he has one of those names like me. Okay. Every person he ever meets. Has All right. Next up, we got an audio note from the good homie, Chris Lefrev. Was that close? Yeah. <laughs>